0: This episode of The Lawyer's Hip-Hop Happy Hour is sponsored by the Law Offices of Alfred Guillaume III, a boutique criminal defense firm located in Washington, D.C. The firm specializes in defending federal criminal cases. You can learn more about the firm by visiting our website at guillaumelaw.com. That's G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E law.com. Welcome to the behind the scenes episode of my interview with attorney Nakia Gray. Nakia is an intellectual property attorney specializing in contracts, copyrights, and trademarks. My takeaway from this interview is that no matter how good an idea is, it's worthless unless you protect it. I hope that you found the episode enjoyable and it provided some great tips on protecting your current and future ideas in business or any other creative venture. And as with every guest, we talked about music, and the one thing I learned about her that I didn't think I knew in advance was that apparently she is Beyonce's number one fan. I've said it before, I think Beyonce is the greatest star of this generation. No disrespect to any other artist of any other genre, but Beyonce has universal appeal across racial, gender, age groups, you name it. She puts out an excellent product and you'd be hard pressed to find someone of any group who doesn't know who she is. So for this episode of Behind the Scenes, I'm gonna start off the conversation by giving you my take on a particular aspect of Beyonce's music that many people do not talk about. And that is her connection to the city of New Orleans and it's hip hop music. To illustrate this point, I'm gonna use two of her songs as an example. The first song is Church Girl, from her 2023 album, Renaissance. And the second song is Before I Let Go, her remake of the classic Frankie, Beverly and May song from her homecoming album. This is going to be a deep dive. And unless you are familiar with New Orleans hip hop culture, you probably are unaware of this connection, but hopefully in the next few minutes, I can give you a little bit of that culture and its history. To truly understand the connection that I'm going to make, you need a crash course on New Orleans bounce music history. It is the original sound of hip hop in New Orleans, and this sound came to prominence in the late 80s and early 90s. The musical foundation, the underlying beat for most if not all bounce music comes from two songs. Now there have been literally hundreds of bounce songs made with elements of one or both of these beats mixed together and they are bounce music in its purest form. And those songs are, drum roll please. The first one is Drag Rap, which is a 1986 record from the Showboys. You'll recognize the beat even if you don't know the song. In bounce music, this beat is known as the Trigger Man beat. You are about to hear are true. MC's names have been changed to protect the innocent. The The next song is from a legendary DJ who was from the Bay Area, Karen Paul. The song that he created is called Brown Beats, and of the two songs, it's the most prominent one in bounce music, and it's my absolute favorite. songs are meant to dance to the artist typically calls out a familiar refrain and the crowd responds accordingly in the early days of balanced music the dancing done by the women was known as pee popping i'll let you guess what the p stands for or twerking which is a word that everyone now uses but was born and created in the city of new orleans i'll never forget the first time i went to a club in jamaica i felt like i was at home The dance hall artists called out to the crowd and they responded. The underlying beat was what the Jamaicans call a rhythm and the DJ would call out over the rhythm and the crowd would respond just like violence music. It was crazy. It felt like I was transported to my home city. Now, if we really want to go deep in the woods on this, we know that this style is uniquely African. It's present in many different cultures, in the Caribbean, in African-American culture, and in South America. Now you may be asking yourself, what does Beyonce have to do with all of this? Let's start first with Church Girl. Now if you know, then you know about this song. It's mixed just like a traditional bounce song. Listen closely and let me know if you recognize it. Beyonce does not stop there. Later on in the same song, she pays tribute to perhaps the most famous bounce song of all time. Do you know which song that is? If you said "Where They At," you would be correct. Shake, shake that body, girl. It must be your stamps, cause it ain't your face. It must be the stamps, cause it ain't your face. It must be your stamps, cause it ain't your face. It must be your stamps, cause it ain't your face. I do it, baby, stick it, baby do it, baby, stick it, baby, do it, baby, sticky. A sticky baby do it. I do it, baby, sticky, baby, do it, baby, stick it, baby, do it, baby, sticky. A sticky baby do it. Pop, pop that thing, girl. Pop, pop, pop that thing, girl. pop, pop listen to how she pays tribute to one of the most famous of all bounce songs do it, baby stick it baby do next song has a special place in all of african-american culture but especially in new orleans the song is played at weddings parties anniversaries and of course your summer cookout it's one of my favorite songs of all time from one of my favorite groups of all time in new orleans there's even a special line dance dedicated to this song some people call it the bus stop others may refer to it as the electric slide but whatever you call it It's undeniable when you see it. All those people moving in unison is quite a sight to behold. As soon as you hear that famous intro music, you know it's time to get on the dance floor. It's Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and me. Me. Yeah. And and Beyonce made her own version of this song and sampled another classic New Orleans hip-hop song, DJ Jubilee's classic song, Get It Ready. If you've ever been to a party in New Orleans, chances are that DJ played this song and the crowd got hyped. Without further ado, here is Beyonce's version of Before I Let Go, with all of its New Orleans influence. I really love you you should know. I want make sure I'm right, boy. earlier in the episode I mentioned that everyone knows what the word twerking is these days but I really want to emphasize that the style of dancing and the word itself were born in New Orleans in the 1990s The popularity of the word comes from one woman and one woman only, the mother of twerk, Cheeky Black. She is bounce music royalty and deserves to be given credit for coining that term and everyone in the world is now using it. If you listen to my interview with Nikia, I asked her about whether Cheeky should receive some sort of royalty or has a legal claim for coining the term. We had a very animated discussion about it. Listen to the interview. Let me know your thoughts. But don't take my word for it that she was the first. I'm going to play for you her 1994 song, Twerk Something, to prove, in fact, that she is the mother of twerk. undeniable right and as an added bonus i have the twerk something remix which has a great sample from the midnight star song curious take a listen to both and cheeky you deserve all the credit in the world for your contributions to our hip-hop culture we Appreciate you. You can pat your legs with your hands some more. Hit time the Malibu soot, for on a radio. You can pat your legs wave your hand more, with, your with your hands some more. Hit the mouse, soot, for on a radio. Nine walks work something, give real with it. Eight walks work something, give it real with it. Seven walks work something, give real with it. Six walks, work something, give real with it. Four walks work something, give it real with it. Nikia and I also discussed the most influential album in all of West Coast hip-hop history which of course is NWA's 1988 release Straight Outta Compton. One of my favorite moments in the interview was learning that Nikia's dad was also listening to NWA back in 88 when the rest of us were. Shout out to her dad for being that guy, that is really a cool story. This album brings back so many memories for me because it is one of the first albums that I ever purchased with my own money. This album, as well as Self Destruction. I purchased them both around the same time, uh, within a few months of one another. I can't really remember which one I bought first, but I was 11, 12 years old at the time, way too young to be buying an album like this and I'm looking back like who would sell that to me I'm a kid I look like a kid at at, at at that time as well so this parental advisory which was on the label pretty prominent and it somebody sold it to me but whoever you whoever you are wherever you are thanks for doing that because this album is one of the most important albums in all of hip-hop history I listened to this album over and over again as a kid. I remember the videos. I used to be able to tell you all the lyrics to all the songs. And you know, when I repurchased the album when I got older and I bought the actual vinyl album, I went back and listened to it and it, it really is the perfect album. There's not a track on here that's not um, top notch. It's really quite remarkable. NWA has had such a lasting influence on hip hop but they didn't produce that much stuff as a unit. I mean, there's this album, there was one that came after it, but it didn't nearly have the impact that this one did. And it really ushered in a whole new era of California dominance. California rode this album for years and still does, rightly so. It is an absolute classic. I think it may be one of the first albums of hip hop to go platinum, if I'm not mistaken. I have to check on that, you can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure this was it. Now, my favorite song on this album, without a doubt, was Dope Man. And what I remember most about this song, and even today, what I love most about it is the beat. And it's boom, boom, shh. boom, 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 take a listen. me a favor. It all happened and the guy tried to choke her. Push her kiss, ain't but Now there's a really That's cool underlying sound in this, and I always wondered where that came from. So of course I found out that it comes from the song Funky Worm, which was from the Ohio players released in 1972, and Dre, who produced this song, included that as part of the beat and added it with the bass to make this very unique beat. If you've never heard Funky Worm, here it is. Oh, that's funky, that's funky. Like nine cans of shaving powder, that's funky. Now, when I was a kid listening to this album, I didn't have many other albums at the time, so I listened to this one over and over again. I also watched a lot of Yo! MTV Raps. And I remember the video for this next song being on UMTV Raps. And I remember at the time being thinking about how cool it was. Now, it starts off with everybody in jail, okay? So that wasn't cool. But the part that I loved about it was the concert after Easy e and Ice Cube were released from jail. If you haven't figured it out yet, the song I'm referring to is We Want Easy," And here it is. Eazy-E, Dre, and Cube were all able to develop successful solo careers after the group broke up. MC Wren perhaps is the most lyrically talented of everyone. He wrote the lyrics for NWA, he and Ice Cube did, and he had a really nice flow. Look no further than the song If It Ain't Rough from the same debut album, Straight Outta Compton. It has a great sample from an average white band song called Star in the Ghetto, which is a really funky guitar line in it. I'm gonna play both songs back to back. First, we'll give you Star in the Ghetto, and next, we'll have If It Ain't Rough, where you really hear MC Wren at his finest. <laughs> Step and your head like an ostrich Groupies been waiting for this Suckers been hating for this You know why? Cause so many y'all are latin' to this Jealous is how they're feelin' intentionally But they start to love it Because I made it eventually Pumpin' the music I keep the music like pumpin' Cause we ain't in it for nothing I keep the average crowd jumpin' Yo, you know the color The villain's in black Nakia found Kanye West debut album In the Crates Which is College Dropout Released in 2004 An album that has a very special place in my heart Because it was released when I was in law school So it reminds me of that time, which was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And not to mention the fact that it is a very solid album. When you, when you listen to this album for the first time, it's like nothing you've ever heard before. Think about what was going on at the time. It's not gangster rap, it's not native tongues, it's not alternative, it's not very Afrocentric, but yet and still it is Afrocentric because Kanye's talking about the black college experience. He's talking about fraternities and sororities. He's dressing in a way that's preppy. He's presenting hip-hop in a way that it has never been presented before. And these songs, the style of the album, the sped-up samples, and the uniqueness of these songs is something that really is groundbreaking at the time. And people since then have mirrored or copied his style. But then he changed it up on 808 and Heartbreak which was the um, auto-tune. Now, I'm not an auto-tune person, but auto-tune was big at the time, and Kanye was really one of the people at the forefront of the auto-tune movement. It didn't last that long, thankfully, but (laughs) he was able to take the style he had previously, leave it behind, and focus his attention on a new style. Another album that Kanye had released, I didn't, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't like it at first, but the more I listened to it, I started to love it is The Life of Pablo. I think that came out in 2016. Now, I've skipped some other albums in there as well that, he, that he's released, and I, I can make a case for lots of different albums of his. But you'd be hard pressed to find an artist that has been so consistent, and even though he had a period in there, where in the latter period and into now, where he hasn't quite been as prolific or at, at the forefront of hip hop, he's still extremely relevant, so. Nikia choosing the first album, which, is, which I had in, 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 the, uh, in the crates, was, was very uh, appropriate. College Dropout is a truly remarkable album with some very memorable songs. Jesus Walks, Slow Jams, Through the Wire, All Falls Down, but my personal favorite, can you guess it? I'm gonna play just a little bit of the beat for you to see if you can guess it. La, 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 la. And I am And they ask me, they ask me, they ask me, I tell them You guessed right. It's the last song on the album, which is called "Last Call." Now, I know these days people have all kinds of opinions about Kanye West. Usually, it's at one extreme or the other. But if you go back and listen to this song, and you may never have listened to it all the way through, Kanye is completely relatable, human, and vulnerable. The song is part song, part Kanye reminiscing about what got him to this point of getting his first record deal. He talks about his creative process, which I love. I'm just Take a listen. And let me get what you. I got acts I'm trying to get on, and like, one, nothing really like popping off the way it should have been one of my homies that was one of my artists he got signed but it was supposed to really go through my production company but he ended up going straight with the company so like i'm straight holding the phone getting the bad news that dude was trying to leave my company and i got evicted at the same time so i went down there and tracked the beats from him I took that money. Came back, Thank you for joining us on this month's segment shit. of The Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour. Please follow the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Lawyers Hip Hop Happy Hour. I'll see you next month. Catch you on the B side. New I hadn't even seen my apartment. I mean, I pulled up. I unpacked all my shit. You know, we went to Ikea. I bought a bed. I put the bed together myself. I loaded up all my equipment, and the first beat I made was a uh, Heart of the City. And Beans is still working on his album.